everyone. This is Pastor Scott at Good Samaritan Church and School in Las Vegas. And joining me today is... Natalie Butler. Natalie is back. Excellent. I know that makes a lot of you happy. You don't have to listen to both preachers. So that's super. This I is... I like to think of myself as a preacher a little bit. Well, yeah. But, you know, but you're... Maybe not by trade so much. Yeah, but you're in a more positive well, whatever. I don't know. We're going down the wrong track right away here. This is, by the way, Good News from Good Sam. Mm -hmm. It is our podcast. Uh, we changed the name a little while ago. It's just called Good News from Good Sam because we have Good News at Noon from Good Sam, which is a Facebook live stream that we do every noon, well, Monday through Friday uh, on Facebook Live, and always feel free to join us there. And then if you just want more information about the church, if maybe you're new to us uh, you can find us at goodsamlv.com we'd love to have you if you're in vegas come and visit us always welcome or just join us on um, facebook live or youtube as well anyway enough of the promo let's dig in so natalie natalie uh, we hadn't had natalie on a podcast in a while and she does a great job on fridays with good news at noon from good sam on fridays and she said, hey, I've been doing some stuff with the kids recently mm -hmm. that I think would be helpful yeah. Yeah, to others. So what was that, Natalie? Absolutely. So uh, before I get started, yep. for anybody who doesn't know me, I'm our youth director here. At yeah, I should have said that. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. Uh, our youth director and our connections coordinator. But this lesson series is one that we just finished with our students. It was called Lost and Found. Um, and we've been using our curriculum, this is our fourth year using it, and this has been one of my most favorite series that Why? we've done. Uh, the message was just so great. So it was, we looked at Luke 15, which is... In the New Testament. In the New Testament, yeah. yes. Luke is in the New Testament. It's one of the Gospels. And this whole section is Jesus talking to the Pharisees. Now, if you're not familiar with that word, the Pharisees were the religious leaders at the time. So it's like the pastors. Basically, they were the pastors. Yes, they were the pastors at the time, and they were Jews. And so they were very focused on following all of the rules in the Old Testament. So if you've ever had the absolute pleasure of reading through Leviticus, you are familiar with the rules that they had to follow. There were 613 of them, and they were very adamant that if you didn't follow those rules perfectly, you weren't worthy. Now, I bet there's some people listening that know what that's all about. Yeah. And not from a necessarily, I don't mean from a study standpoint, but maybe growing up, in a Christian church mm -hmm. where basically is, this is how you're a Christian. Yeah. You yeah. do this, you can't do this, you do this, you can't do that, mm -hmm. you can't do this, you can't do this, and everything's about the rules. Yes, yeah. yes. And we don't disagree that there are things we should do and things we shouldn't do. Correct. But we also understand that that's not how you earn God's favor. Correct, right. yes. Yeah. So anyway, we're on the same, it's good we're on the same page since we're <laughs> on the same staff. Yes. Here. <laughs> But no, you're absolutely right. And so anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So the first week we looked at the parable, which is a story. Jesus told stories when he would teach in order to help take these big theological ideas and make them easier to understand by putting them in terms that the people would understand. Well, and it's true today too. Absolutely. People would most people would rather listen to a good story. Mm -hmm 
than just facts and figures. Absolutely. And, and and I know when I'm preaching and I start telling a story, I can tell people people listen to they stories. Engage. Jesus yeah. knew that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Absolutely. surprise, surprise. Absolutely. Now, they were made up stories. That yeah. was something that yeah. we, we made sure people understood. These weren't historical stories. The people in them weren't necessarily real, yeah. but he would use situations that the Jews would likely find themselves in in order to understand these larger theological yep. and biblical truths. Yep. So the first story he tells is probably one that many of our listeners would be familiar with. It's the story of the lost sheep. Yep. And he was talking about how a farmer had a hundred sheep, or sorry, a shepherd had a hundred okay. sheep, and he noticed that one of them wandered off. And I want to pause there because I think that in itself is pretty incredible. I know when, when we go on trips with the youth group, um, I have a habit of counting. I'm always counting to make sure <laughs> we good. have all of our kids. Yeah. I'm like, okay, one, yeah. two, three, four, five. And if I don't have the right number, yeah. I you, start to panic. Yeah, you'd be the former youth director. Right, exactly. <laughs> if I lost somebody, it would be an issue. Um, but the most I've ever had to count is maybe 40. Uh, I've never had to keep track of 100. And I've certainly never had to keep track of 100 people that looked exactly the same like sheep do. (laughs) And so I think it's incredible that we start off this story with a shepherd who realizes that one of his sheep is missing. Which tells us he knew each of those sheep individually. Yes. And so then it talks about how the shepherd leaves the 99 sheep to go and find the one. And especially being from Las Vegas, (laughs) I'm not super familiar with like and what that looks like and so we showed a picture of what the desert that they were in would have looked like because in my head I've always pictured like this large flat green area and that's not the case it was rolling hills for miles and it was um, canyons for miles and so it wasn't that he just had to like walk in a circle and turn around and find him he had to go searching over hills and valleys to I find... I mean, some of that area looks like around Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and so he he left the 99 to go and find the one. And we talked about how God recognizes when we wander away. And he the whole theme that week was God notices you. Jesus notices cool. you. Cool. And he notices when you wander away. I think sometimes when we start to wander, if we... You know, if we haven't been to church in a while, or if we haven't um, read the Bible in a while, or or we haven't tuned in online, we wonder if people notice. Yeah. We wonder if people miss us. And so the whole message was that God does notice, and He does miss you. And not only that, but He He goes to find you, and He searches for you yeah. when you wander away. So. You know, 2,000 years ago, Jesus is telling that story. How, and we haven't talked, I mean, we haven't rehearsed this. So how do you think God looks for us Mm. today when we wander? Yeah. I mean, does he use other people? Does he use, you know, Christian radio? Does he use all of the above, other things? Or I mean, did you guys talk about that at all? We didn't, and that's actually a really great question. Um, I, I think it kind of... I think it depends on the person. Um, I know I personally hear God's voice through other people. Um, I've never been in a situation where I was like, you know, praying silently or reading the Bible and 
heard a yeah. voice. I've I've talked to people who have heard like a literal voice. Yep. I don't think that's how God speaks to me. I think he speaks to me through other people. Because yeah. um, I've certainly had conversations where something I've been wondering about, the other person is talking and it's like, wow, that's exactly what I needed to hear. <laughs> so, I, so I guess one of the things I'd say would be that for those of you listening, you might be the voice yeah. that someone else needs to hear mm-hmm. and God uses you mm-hmm. to help bring them back. Absolutely. Or vice versa. Absolutely. Um, I think like you mentioned the radio. I can't tell you how many times listening to like SOS or um, Air One or whatever and they talk about, you know, the right song at the right time. And I do think God works through music. I think he works through other people. Um, I think he works just through through circumstances. Maybe um, you drive past another church or you see us on Facebook or whatever it is, I, I do think those little nudges are not by yeah, accident. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The saying I like is, it's not odd, it's God. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that before, but I love it. Yeah, yeah. cool. I, I like that. So yeah. th- anything else on that parable you want to not on that one. That right, was, so that was the biggest let's one. Let's move to the next one. Yeah, of course. So the next one is the story of the lost coin. Yep. And it's about a woman who has 10 coins and she loses one. To put that into some context, because I know when I think coins, I think like quarters yeah. or pennies. And yeah. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, in their context, one of those coins was about equal to a day's wage. So it was a big deal for her to lose that coin. It was very valuable to her. And so the story continues and she sweeps the whole house and she cleans everything and she basically turns her home upside down until she finds this coin. And then when she does, she throws a party and she invites all of her friends over to celebrate the fact that she found this coin. And that week we talked about how God values you. So not only does he notice you when you wander, but he values you and values who you are. Um, If I can read verse 10 from Luke 15, it says, "In this is after the story of the woman, it says, in the same way I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of Mm -hmm. God over one sinner who repents. Yes. Over one person who comes back to God. Yes. There's great rejoicing. And to, to remind you, he was talking to the Pharisees. Yeah. So he was talking to the religious leaders. <laughs> who didn't want to hear it. Who did not want to hear that because to them, the, the people that Jesus was talking about to them were not good enough. And so Jesus was saying, no, no, they are still valuable. Even though they don't follow all the rules, even though they forget things sometimes, they, they aren't as pious as you think you are they are still valuable to me and what he was showing them through this one is that those people should be valuable to the pharisees too so that week we focused yes that jesus values us but also that he values others and we actually gave all of our students we had these little wooden coins and on one side we wrote jesus values me and on the other side they wrote jesus values them to remind them that the people around them who may have wandered off are just as valuable. You know, I, I hate to admit this, but <laughs> I'm going to. Um, I have to remind myself of mm-hmm. that, too. I mean, I preach it, mm-hmm. and yet I can be a person who, hmm, how do I want to say it? Um, 
maybe I do a little judging, mm-hmm. not out loud, yeah. um, but I'll see someone or whatever, a circumstance, and I have to remind myself, Scott, anybody that you want to think about that yes. isn't as good as whoever you want to mm-hmm. say is just as valuable to God as anyone Absolutely. else. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, and... The thing about Jesus and God's ways, it's not the way we are, though, mm-hmm. because we devalue people. Mm-hmm. We put some people aside or say, well, they're a lost cause or right. whatever. But to God, nobody's a lost cause. Right. Uh, Fred was teaching that week, and one of the the activities, I guess, that he did during his message was a, a personal value. And he was like, you know, my shirt was $10 from Kmart, and my shoes were like 20 bucks from here. And, you know, all in all, he was like, I'm worth about... 30 bucks but that's not you know that's not where our worth comes from our, our our worth and our value comes from god because he values us immeasurably and and equally yeah so true so true i think we're going to take just a quick break okay meaning hit the pause button that gives you a chance who are listening to take a pause button go get some more coffee or whatever unless you're driving and <laughs> then just uh, stop for a coffee. yeah and and we'll be back in just a sec <laughs> all right welcome back everyone again pastor scott along with natalie butler and talking about uh the lost and found yes. right and based on uh, jesus teachings in luke 15 and some of the stuff that natalie who's our youth director and connections coordinator, but in her role as youth director, was sharing with our young people. But this is good for old people like oh, me for too. Sure. <laughs> I think I think this message is for everybody. That's yes. right. That's right. So let's go on to the next the next parable. Yes. So in the, Luke fifteen, we broke the next parable up into two weeks, which I really loved about this curriculum. And the the final parable is the prodigal son. Um, One of my favorites. Yes. If not my favorite. Yes. And if you've been watching Good News at Noon with me, we've actually talked about it a couple of times. Um, It's come up in our devotions as well as these lessons. So it was kind of cool that those tied together at the same time. Um, Definitely one of my favorites as well. It's a story about a son who, (laughs) he basically tells his dad, you're worth more to me dead than alive. Yeah. Uh, that is not something that only happened 2,000 years no. ago. I mean, no. there's a lot of families that deal with that now. And uh, and in fact, this was the younger son. This was the younger son. He yes. didn't have the same rights mm-hmm. to say that that his older brother had. Right. And yet he said it. Yes. To his dad. Yes. This was not cool. Yes. So if you're not familiar with the story, he, he the, there's two sons, an older son and the younger son. And the younger son told his father that he wants his inheritance now. Now. Give it to me now. Yes. So he didn't... Traditionally, as we know, when somebody dies, we receive our inheritance. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. (laughs) (laughs) But he decided his father wasn't going quick enough, and he wanted it right now. So he took his inheritance, and he left, and it says that he went and squandered it. And growing up here, again, I typically hear this story told from the perspective of basically somebody going to the Las Vegas yeah, Strip. Yeah. He spent it on booze and prostitutes and partying and you know, gambling, whatever, gambling and whatever yeah. else. And he, he spent his entire inheritance on nothing. He had a lot of friends yeah. while he was spending it, well, probably. Uh, and that's the, while he had yeah, the money, exactly, exactly. he had lots of people. And then he found himself broke in the middle of a famine 
working on a farm. And in fact, he was feeding the pigs. And maybe you're going there, so forgive me, yeah. but significant about this, yes. a Jewish teacher, yes. Jesus, is telling the Pharisees that this guy's with the pigs. Yes. Who, that's not a good thing no, for a Jewish person. They were considered unclean. The Jews did not eat pig they or pork. Yep. Um, they didn't interact with the pigs. Pigs were unclean. Yep. And so when the Pharisees were hearing this story, if you're hearing this through their ears, they would be disgusted yep. by this character and completely write him off. Yep. He would have... Total lost cause. Yes, yes. Yeah. No hope. And not only was he feeding the pigs, but he was so hungry that he wanted to eat what the pigs were eating. Yeah. And that's that's how low he found. He literally had hit rock bottom yeah. by wanting to eat what the pigs ate. And he decided, he was like, you know, the slaves at my father's house live better than I am right now. So he decided he was going to go home and work for his father instead. But what's incredible, in fact, do you have it marked? Go ahead. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure what you're going <laughs> to say. Let me, yeah. Should I? I'll, I'll, go, I'll, I'll yeah. keep going and yeah. then maybe I'll pass it off. Yeah. So while he was walking home, I, I imagine the conversation, like I imagine he'd be playing the conversation in his head. Yeah. Like, what are you going to say to dad? Correct. How, how apologetic he was going to be, how he would grovel at his father's feet and ask to, to work for him um, and, and to work in his fields and, and with, with the slaves, basically. But as he was walking up to the house, his, it says his father saw him a long way off. That's exactly where I Perfect. was going. Perfect, yes. Let me, let, me, let me read it. Uh, this is Luke 15. It is verse 20. So he got up and went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Yes. I mean, so basically, and, and again, I don't know where you're going, Natalie, <laughs> What it's telling us, dad was waiting yes. before the kid was even coming. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was anxious to have his son come mm -hmm. back. The ones that the Pharisees would have cast off and all of that. And of course, in the story, the father is who? It's God. It's God. Yeah. And God is waiting for this kid to mm -hmm. come home. And not only waiting for him to come home, but he ran yep. to him. Yeah. So so the son never even had a chance to apologize. Yep. The father ran toward him and wrapped him in a hug. It says that he gave him a robe and a ring, yep. which were all very symbolic of him welcoming him back into the family. Yep. He wasn't going to take him as one of his slaves. He wasn't going to be working for the father. This was him welcoming, welcoming him back in as his son. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine what the Pharisees were thinking. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I, and I say that because every time I hear the story or talk with somebody about it like this, it's unbelievable to me. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, knowing that Jesus is telling it mm -hmm. to the Pharisees then, but to us now saying, this is what God's like. Mm -hmm. Because that is not the kind of God that a lot of people hear about. Yeah. And... But it is what Jesus teaches us mm -hmm. about God. Yeah, go ahead. And it's actually interesting that you say that because I think we do get a glimpse of what the Pharisees were feeling with the older brother. So Yeah, good point. As the story continues, we see the older brother, and it says he comes back from working. So he's been <laughs> working in the fields all day, and he comes back and he hears this party. 
he hears music and, and commotion. And so he asks, he's like, what, what's going on? And one of the workers tells him, your younger brother has come home. And I know I would be incredibly angry. And we see that in some of Wait what a minute. He, yeah, we see that in some of what he has to say. Yep. He's so upset and so angry because he has done everything that he's supposed to do, and yet they're throwing him a party. Do you have... Yeah, let me secret? read it. Yeah. The older brother became angry. He mm -hmm. refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you, and I've never disobeyed your orders, yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, he didn't even call him right, my brother. Right, he didn't brother. even call him his brother. When, when this, this son, son of yours. <laughs> who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf mm -hmm. for him. Yeah, and so to put those in terms that maybe we would recognize more, he was basically saying, like, I've never even gotten to, like, have a party with my friends, like, just a small gathering. And yet the fattened calf was like their pride and joy. And here the father sacrificed the fattened calf so that they could celebrate the younger brother coming home. But the older brother, who's done everything right, he stuck around. He did not embarrass or shame his father. He, he didn't hurt his feelings by taking his inheritance. He followed all the rules and did all the right things. And yet he never got celebrated. Yep. But here's the younger brother who has done everything wrong, who gets a party. And so he finds himself very bitter. Yeah. Let, let's move that forward 2,000 yeah. years. Yeah. So we're sitting in church, mm -hmm. and somebody comes into church who doesn't look like they belong there. And they've never had a relationship with God. Or maybe they did, left. Uh, now they've come back, but we know all the bad things they've done, mm -hmm. and they're welcomed just like everyone else. Mm -hmm. That isn't right. I mean, that's the way we would think. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. We've been here. Yeah. We've been doing the right things, and now this person gets welcomed to church like everyone else? Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. So, um, a few years ago, we were having a Bible study. So, again, this has been one of my favorite stories for a very long time. Um, but I always saw myself in the older brother. I was the good Christian girl. I was at church four to five days a week. I did all the things that I was supposed to do. I went through confirmation and I, you know, all, all of the, you know, I volunteered and, and all sorts of things. So I always saw myself in the older brother. And I read this story as like, hmm. I read this story as like a warning to not be bitter. Because at cool. the end of it, yep. it, it doesn't say whether or not the older brother went inside. It doesn't say whether or not he went to the party. Jesus leaves this as yep. an invitation. Yep. He leaves it as an invitation for us to decide whether or not we're going to go in. So I read this story as, oh, I need to not be bitter. I need to celebrate also. But it's funny that That's you cool. say it's not fair because we were reading this story with um it was our it was our senior high we were having a bible study and one of our students who is very well known for following the rules things for him were very black and white there was right and wrong and there was no in between rules are rules and you need to follow them so we're reading this story and he looks at me and he's like but that's not fair <laughs> 
And what was crazy was the words came out of my mouth before I even heard them. And it clearly wasn't me. Because what I said was, well, thank goodness it's not fair. Because we all walk away. And I even caught myself off guard because again, I've been reading this story and I never saw myself in the younger brother. I always saw myself in the older brother. And so in that moment, it was the first time that I was like, whoa, we're both. At some point, we relate to both of these people. Thank goodness it's not fair because when we're the younger brother, we're welcomed back in. And so when we're the older brother, when we are doing things right, we should celebrate that also. That's right. Because we had to be welcomed back. Maybe we don't remember it, and maybe we haven't been there yet. Because maybe you haven't had that moment where things kind of fell apart for you. But I think at some point we all experience that. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean... (laughs) If it was fair, oh, we're all in trouble. Right. If, <laughs> if it was fair, none of us That's right. would be the older That's brother. Right. That's ever. Right. That's right. <laughs> all have sinned and fallen short yes. of the glory of God. Yes. And so, I mean, without Christ, uh, yeah, you're right. We're all the younger brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, wow. That's good stuff, Natalie. Thank you. How did the kids hear that? <laughs> they... You know, they're so funny because sometimes they're really talkative and sometimes they're not. And so in small groups, um, it sometimes there's a lot of conversation and sometimes there's not. But this time, even though there wasn't a ton of response verbally, I saw a lot of head nods because I, I shared that story with them, how, how I felt and how I kind of came to that conclusion. And so even without verbal responses, I think they got it um, just in in looking at their faces and and their, like I said, head nods of, oh, okay, I think I'm picking up on on what this means. Well, and I think the reality is sometimes, you know, some of this stuff just has to simmer a little bit and and think about it because, again, every time, even now when we're talking about it, it, there's a reminder to me of how significant these parables are. I mean, what he's teaching... Uh, had to blow the minds of those Pharisees, but mm-hmm. it still blows my mind yeah. too. Um, and because it's not the way the world works, mm-hmm. and thank goodness, yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not the way the world works. It's the way Jesus works. Yeah. So, well, that's great. Anything else you want to add? I think that was it. All right. Well, let, I was just so excited to share it. <laughs> uh, I, I'm glad you did. I, I'm. I'm going to suggest we close with a word of prayer mm-hmm. because I. I just have a feeling that there are going to be some people listening to mm-hmm. this who, whether it's, you know, whatever of these parables we've mentioned, again, from Luke 15 in the New Testament, if you want to go in and uh, read that in your physical Bible or your Bible on your phone or whatever it is, uh, and read that. But just know what Jesus is saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everybody Mm -hmm. is very valuable to him. Mm -hmm. And if you don't feel like it, um, I just pray that, well, let's, let's pray yeah. instead of talking about prayer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lord, if there's somebody listening to this podcast right now who uh, sees themselves as lost, help them to know with what Jesus teaches us in these parables in Luke 15 that 
everyone who's lost is somebody that he wants to find, that is that can be found in him. And so wherever we've been, whatever we've done, uh, whoever we are, uh, we know through his teaching that we're all valuable to you. And thank God for that. Mm -hmm. Thank God that it's your grace that saves us and not uh, the measure of what we do or don't do. And so, again, be with every listener and uh, just bless them and their loved ones as well. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This is the podcast from Good Samaritan Church in Las Vegas. It's called Good News from Good Sam, and Natalie Butler was our guest today. Thanks for being here.